Yeah, it's been a hot minute since we've done one of these. It has. A little over a month, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Good we're back. back. It Good is to be back. It's very nice to be back. Um, you know, some fun stuff going on. Uh, Quiver's picture locked. It's now on to its final stages. Should be done shortly. That's nice. exciting. Nice. Lots of stress lifted off me, I gotta tell you that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, we're schmoovin' and groovin'. Did we miss anything while we were away? Oh, you know, just a couple things. <laughs> um, just a, you know couple major things of course it always happens as soon as we go on hiatus mm-hmm. but um just to let you guys know uh there's going to be a slight update in how the show is going to work so we're going to have each show have one big main topic that we really do a deep dive in maybe one or two subtopics depending on how busy of a news week that is then we'll still do the b-roll and we'll end with the box office but we'll do a really deeper dive into the box office than we normally do and our movie reviews that we do are going to be spoiler reviews placed on Monday, so the day before the episode comes out. And we're going to try on Thursday nights, early Friday mornings, when we go see premieres, we're going to kind of have out-of-the-theater reviews for you guys to watch so you can kind of get our initial thoughts as soon as we see those films. So we're going to try that out and see if it works. We're excited about it. We think it's going to make a fun, tighter, better show. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled. How you yes, feeling? I'm feeling good. So let's talk about the fact that we're not going to get any fucking content for a while, probably. Oh boy! Well, we have, we have, they have a, a database. They have, yeah, we, stuff we got in a pipeline. Bank. We got yeah, a pipeline. We have a pipeline for that sure. For is sure, it's going to get hit eventually. Yes, but um, for those of you that don't know, or you know, the three of you that only use our show for movie news, first of all, very sorry. Don't do that. You should follow the trades. And be more up to date on things. But um, the Writers Guild of America has officially gone on strike. Uh, this has happened. Uh, many times throughout the history of the Writers Guild. The most recent one was in 2007, 2008, around that time. Mm-hmm. Because of that, you get, you know, Heroes Season 2, um, Quantum of Solace, X-Men Origins, Wolverine, Transformers 2, that whole spell of movies. But you also get Jesse Pinkman surviving On Breaking Bad. Season yes. 2. Yes, absolutely. Um, but yes, yeah, so that's the kind of big topic we wanted to dive into is because mm-hmm. it's obviously affecting many different aspects of the film industry yes and so i kind of wanted to dive in a little bit as to what this strike is mainly about really mm-hmm. and there's a few different things and then as we kind of dive into it we'll go into the productions that it's affecting and kind of the stories going around that mm-hmm. so um this strike has a lot to do with the writers guild seeing the studios and the big producers kind of turning writing into a gig type of job instead of a career which it's already difficult to do to have writing as a career, let alone studios trying to kind of save money by skimping out on paying the writers. Because as we've talked about on the show for several months now, there is a huge spending problem going on in Hollywood. They are overspending insanely much so, like way too much money. And uh, I've actually seen some speculation that the reason why the studios barely counter-offered to any of the WGA's inquiries Mm -hmm. was because they were like, yo, if we shut down for a bit, we can stop spending money. Like, I've legit heard that that may be one of the reasons why this even happened. Because it's really on them to end the strike. It's on them. So it's really their power. Absolutely. So if we can get a... And and I've heard they can go four months without losing serious money where, where, where it becomes like okay the future is really getting affected now well because i know that the 2007 writer's strike lasted mm-hmm. for about 100 days yeah and i think the estimate was it cost like hollywood two billion something roughly, like that, something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. and that was 2007 so before streaming before well, yeah. i guess streaming was kind of just it starting just started around then. yeah mm-hmm. um 
you know, the superhero movies, these big blockbusters weren't as big as they were now. Yeah. So if this goes longer than a hundred, they're losing a lot, losing more. a lot of money. It, re- it really is on them to end it. But, um, I, I got a couple points, like the main topic points of what the strike is about. There's there's a bit more you can research into like it, the exact demands as to what's going on and what exactly was counteroffered. And a lot of the times just straight up not counteroffering on things, which blows my mind. But um, here, here. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. No. Uh, here are the big ones. The, the big, big one is um, getting better residuals for streaming. Part of Hollywood spending problem is on streaming and that. A lot of times, if you want to save spending money on a movie, you can tell a lot of the cast and above-the-line crew, hey, we're not going to give you a salary that big up front, but we'll give you a percentage of the box office. So on paper, they only spent X amount of money on the movie. Streaming, there's no box office. You have to spend all of that money up front. Mm -hmm. And with writing bigger movies or cable network television shows... You get residuals for every time it airs. There's, there's, I don't know the calculations, but you know, if your episode airs this many times on TV, like you get money for it. Streaming, it's just up and exists the one time. Mm-hmm. So there's almost no residuals. They've been fighting really hard to get residuals for that to happen for streaming. So I, I think the way that residuals work roughly, it's about it kind of has like a half life. Mm-hmm. So I'm just gonna use ten thousand dollars as just as an example, and even, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So you you get paid. I write an episode of a TV show. I get paid ten thousand dollars. That episode reruns. Upon rerun, I get five thousand dollars. Upon rerun, twenty five hundred. So on until it reaches, I think, a point where you just get X amount every time, probably mm-hmm. pennies. Yeah. So it's streaming. I just get ten thousand dollars. Yes. Okay. That's kind of what's been going on, roughly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like. They've worked out some type of stuff with them, depending on their numbers. But here's another big problem. Mm -hmm. Netflix has been the big culprit of this because they do not publicly release their numbers Mm -hmm. ever. So whenever they say like, oh, it's this is the number one show in our program. We don't know that. Like they do not tell anyone Mm -hmm. what their numbers are. That's just how they've always been. And if you want to start doing some type of residuals based on viewership, you would have to do that. And they are not thrilled about that idea. Um they they have released statements saying that they would, if a deal is met, they would work out something to where they would abide by the deal. Mm-hmm. But I, if it somehow doesn't release and them not releasing their numbers, that's crazy to me. I still don't know how they get away with not releasing their numbers. But um, that has been one of the one of the points of contention. And going back to writing now being a gig, a, like a gig work, the, some of the other things that the writers were demanding or asking for were they wanted a minimum of 6 to 12 writing staff per show depending on the number of episodes. I don't know the exact breakdown, but I believe it's like, hey, if a show has more than six episodes, there should be at least X amount of writers. I think it's four. Okay. And if a show gets to eight, then you should have six writer or six writers. And then if it gets to 12, you should have this. It's basically just saying there are a lot of shows right now where one person is writing them all, like a handful of they're what they call mm-hmm. mini writer's rooms. Because basically, a writer's room, for those of you that don't know, is where a lead writer, a showrunner, an executive producer writer can then hire a bunch of writers, normally two or three veteran writers, two or three mid-level writers, and two or three newcomers to map out and write their entire series together. Mm -hmm. And it's expensive because you have a bunch of writers working the idea, but it's how you create a solid Bible for a story. And does that work in that 
because then I know only like a few people can get writing credit. If mm-hmm. it's their sole episode, they get then more, but they're still being paid to work the writers' room. Yes, okay. th- there's a kind of a salary in being going to work and being a part of that. And then it's almost like room. a bonus if you're the main writer for the episode. Yes, exactly. Okay. And um, now what writers have been forced into a corner of is what they call mini writers' rooms, mm-hmm. where they've cut the new beginning writers bringing them in and the mid-level writers and they've only have like two or three big level writers and what that does is that it creates an environment where you're not getting any newcomers you're not getting any fresh voices fresh ideas for writing Mm -hmm. you're cutting the spending on writing in half so that it kind of becomes an ego battle between the people who are in that mini room and the show is not getting worked on and it's not getting mapped out as much because you only have a limited number of people working on it and perspectives yes it's it's just very constraining and it's like that's their idea of saving money and the wga is trying to stop that they're like this should not be happening and it should be pointed out if you don't know writers rooms are is a tv thing mostly a lot of the arguments here are for tv related things because that's where the wga in television writers have all the power in the movies it's the director and the producer and tv it's the writer writer your writers always control what's going on in television mm-hmm. Um, another thing that they were asking for was a guaranteed minimum number of weeks of employment per season. And I believe it ranges from like 10 to 52, depending on how long mm-hmm. shooting is. And that's another thing that we've seen happening is that writers not being on set as often, which is something they're also trying to go against. And you might be thinking, well, hey, if the script's written, how come the writer needs to be on set? Well, there are several instances in which... A writer being on set has greatly benefited a film or a television series. And it's because if they realize an idea is not working or they think, hey, maybe this idea is better, that writer is there to go into a room, out some pages, come out, hey, try this. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, improving, a lot of people think it's just people riffing. And sometimes it is, especially in comedies. But a lot of the times, if you want that riff to be consistent and that idea not die, you have to have a writer incorporated into the scene. It just works out much better that way. Yeah, because an actor can ad-lib a line and be like, oh, that kind of works. It's mm-hmm. not fully there yet, but there's something. Let me go. And the writer can go. Go yes. do this real quick. Punch it up because yes. I like that addition. But yes. it needs to be more fully fledged. Yes, yeah. and a great movie example as to why writers need to be on set. And the Hollywood Reporter, I think, just dropped this as part as an example of like, hey, this is why this is bad that mm-hmm. writers can't be on set right now for the strike. Is Spider-Man: No Way Home, mm-hmm. incredible movie, made almost two billion dollars during the pandemic. That movie started shooting, I want to say January of 2019, or no, 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 not 2019, 2020, or make early mid summer 2020. Okay. The deal to get. Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield went through in December. Jesus. Which means the writers were on set, and one day they came in and said, we got him. Go ahead and rewrite that third act for me, boys. And they just had to rewrite the third act of the movie because they were working on a script of just in case they didn't get them. Yeah, of just him fighting. The villains, yeah. So the villains were always a part of it because those were guaranteed. It was just yeah. a matter of if the other Spider-Men were coming into yeah. it. And if those and if there's a strike and those writers are not on yeah. set, who writes that ending? Yeah. Nobody. Nobody writes it as well. We've seen what happens when movies come out where the writers are on strike. Like, nothing good happens from that. Mm-hmm. And it's... Like, that's a prime example as to why that's important. Of, like, writers being on set, being around. Yeah. 
Um, and, and again, there's several different things that the writer's strike is wanting to tackle and get rid of. The residuals for streaming, the making sure it's more of a career so they can have salary payments. Another big one, and this is one I really wanted to bring up, AI. Mm-hmm. WGA asked the producers and the studios, I forget their acronym, they have an acronym as well. Can you just straight up tell us you will not use AI scripts? And they refused to deny it. Mm. And their counteroffer was, we should have a meeting once a year and discuss advancements in technology. That was their response. And they wanted to do like second drafts, right? Isn't so that that's the thing. big thing. So what has come out like as, hey, these conversations have already started happening and this is mm. really fucked, is studios want to have AIs write first drafts and story outlines and then pay screenwriters to write to rewrite the scripts but only pay them a rewrite fee. Jeez. That's insane, mm-hmm. right? Like that can't happen. So that's another reason why this strike is going on. Like I can't believe, even believe they would try to get away with with that. That's crazy. Yeah. But um so you have all of this stuff happening and now you may be wondering to yourself, well what does the writer's strike mean? Like what's immediately affected? Mm-hmm. What is affected in the future? Well, haha, we're a movie show. I'll tell you. So, I'll just want to say this also. Everything the writers made is valid. Yeah. Every single point. Yeah, you yeah, know, fully if you, justified if you strike if you want point. my opinion. Yeah, 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 no, if you go through their stuff, they're not asking for anything ridiculous or outrageous. They're asking at for all. a living yeah. wage. Please <laughs> help us pay rent. Thank you. Oh, did you see the story of the guy who, the showrunner of The Bear? No. When he went to the Emmys, he had to um, sell something so he could rent a tux. Oh, my God. Yeah. I remember, I think there was one one guy that I follow. I think he was like, he was the showrunner of the James Corden show. Mm-hmm. And I think he was on like, I think he was like almost his sidekick, like on screen or whatever. And he was like, I ran a late show and I drove a 2010 Toyota Camry here. Yeah. And you're like, Jesus. Yeah. It's like, it's yeah. not what you realize. And so going into what immediately gets mm-hmm. screwed, late night shows. Yes. All have immediately ceased production, including late night Seth Meyers, late night all this. James Corden's show ended right before the strike. Mm-hmm. Coincidence, uh, maybe. And um, SNL, all shut down. Basically, it's things that required things to be written weekly just immediately shut down. You yeah. can't do it. Everyone remembers Conan famously just spinning coins on his desk during, that was my during the last ride of the strike. That's just because Conan's great. Yeah. And also, yeah. I guess the studio made him like. Yeah. try to keep going right? yeah it was kind of the story there he's like i don't want to i'm gonna yeah. do this yeah and so that's been going on there well, a um, lot of those guys are also writers yeah so it kind of puts them in like you in know a weird like seth myers is yeah. you know mm-hmm. yeah I don't know, is jimmy should we found, is he part of the wga i'm not sure mm-hmm. but yeah but it's you know if they went out against it it would be a very bad look for them. Oh, no, absolutely. And I know a lot of those are, at least from what I saw, Seth Meyers and Jimmy Fallon, I think that the... They're paying their staffs for a little bit. They're paying, I think, two weeks. And mm-hmm. then a third week, um, I think they said Jimmy Fallon and Seth Meyers are each paying individually out of pocket. Out of pocket. Yeah. 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 Which, you know, it, it's better than nothing, but this strike's going to be a whole lot longer Oh, than it's definitely going to be a lot longer than yeah. three weeks. I've heard the... So, like, the estimate is probably labor day mm-hmm. but i've heard that if a deal isn't reached by labor day this thing's going until christmas labor day is september yeah holy crap yeah jeez. Mm-hmm. um i know a lot of like the daytime shows um like morgan watches the view mm-hmm. a lot 
and she's like man you can tell and they like even said like we don't have writers but mm-hmm. it's you know it's a show but it seems like it's kind of just turned into them just whatever they read this morning on yeah. like like that'd be me like saying like oh do you know the writer strike went on <laughs> and then just without like having the article in front of me is being like yeah i think it has like they want something with ai (laughs) like it just becomes like this like 30 minute pandering section you're like man you need writers that have bullet points like you need exactly yeah yeah and going into non-live productions Mm -hmm. uh the big one uh stranger things has halted its last season Mm -hmm. and they said they're not going to continue filming until the new deal is reached because they re they're on set rewriting stuff, which yeah. is like we said earlier is going to happen. From movies, um, Blade has officially shut down pre-production. That that movie can't get a fucking break. Again. Yeah, <laughs> shut down pre-production because they just hired a new writer to work on that. It was going to start filming, I believe, next month, and they were like, shut it down. So they have they have some of a script that they're keeping, and then they brought in the True Detective writer mm-hmm. Nick. Yeah, to the P. Mm-hmm. And he's just kind of punching it up. He was rewriting the script and was going to be there on set to make any changes. To do that kind yeah. of stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they could hypothetically, theoretically, I, start with what they have. I, but I read, yeah, they decided not to. I mean, smart. If yeah. There's already this many delays. Because I, I read that in Hollywood Reporter that they just ran out of time. Mm-hmm. Because Marvel's still going into production on a lot. Like, they're still going to shoot Deadpool 3, but yeah. Ryan Reynolds is not allowed to punch up the script while they're shooting. Did Ryan Reynolds write it? No, but he's famous for ad libbing, ad libbing, and then re- he would write pages like on set like with Queen the writers. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he can't do that. Interesting. Um, I believe Fantastic Four is going to shoot in January, and I believe they have a draft that they're going to start with mm-hmm. if if the strike isn't done by then. That's kind of nerve wracking, considering mm-hmm. they really need Fantastic Four to be a win, yeah. just because. And there's a lot there of haven't been a good Fantastic. Four. And there's a lot of stuff filming now, like Daredevil: Born Against filming now, and I believe all those scripts are done. But there's just no one. They're kind of going with what they have. Yeah. And there's some showrunner duties that people are showing up to work as producers, but not as writers. Like Andor is still filming. Mm-hmm. I saw a great tweet that said that's not very fuck the empire of them. <laughs> 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 but uh, but it's like that's still there's there's some shows still going on, but a lot of shutdown. I actually have a list of productions that are being immediately affected by the strike. If you don't mind me, yeah. Now, now reading real, them real quick though, is it kind of a thing on set though, right? Kind of like what happened with Quantum of Solace, where like are we going to be seeing directors, producers, the studios kind of like nudging like try that again? Yeah, you know, like on Deadpool, like Ryan yeah. Reynolds improvising. Do you think he's just not going to the writers room, but? He'll is improvise he, on set. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. But is it going to be kind of a heavier hand from the pretty, like, kind of like... It all depends. We need this to, a- any, Anything that we hear about, we won't hear about till afterwards. Yeah. You know, they're not going to reveal that no, they've been doing not. some yeah. tomfoolery. Um, so, like we said, all of the talk shows have been stopped. And here's a list of shows that have been shut down or temporarily halted. Yellow Jackets, which I heard that... Um, they were they had the writers room for one day on the new season and then the strike. Oh jeez, so they got um, nothing. Wonder Man, the Marvel series, has stopped. Really mm-hmm. interesting. Has stopped. Unstable, Stranger Things, which we mentioned. Uh, Night Court, Loot, Hacks has stopped. Evil has stopped. Cobra Kai, which is the big one, has stopped. That's going into its final season. Yep. Big Mouth has stopped, and Abbott Elementary has a, have all stopped. I'm curious because a lot of the shows you mentioned i believe i know for a fact are working on their final seasons mm-hmm. and do you think that the strike is going to affect the quality 
of those final seasons? If they seasons? don't stop, yes. Or do you think it will just be a shortened season? That can all happen. That all happened last time. Mm-hmm. Um, there's all, shame, we're also going to see a bunch of shows just get canceled. Yeah. Because they're like, we can't go this long without working on it. Mm-hmm. And they'll just end it there. Um, also, the community, the movie, has shut down as well. I saw that. That mm-hmm. upset me. I don't think they had even really started heavy production on that, though. Yeah. Like, I think Dan Harmon's still working on the script. It's just... Mm-hmm. See, my curious... What I'm curious about with stuff like that and a lot of the Marvel stuff is schedules are a bitch. Yeah. Schedules are make or break in Hollywood, right? Mm-hmm. So you have these this talent, right? So the fact that Donald Glover said he was coming back to the community movie was big. Yeah. That might be out the window now, right? Cause it could be. Well, depending on what his schedule looks like. The good news is if all of these things are shutting down, yes. they can't do anything anyways. Yes. But true, you might get lucky with that one production that hasn't shut down. Mm-hmm. Like, like Here's a list of TV shows that are still shooting. Mm-hmm. American Horror Story, season 12. My God. Andor. It's on 12? Yeah. Andor, mm-hmm. Billions, Good Omens, House of the Dragon... Lord of the Rings se- season two, and all WWE shows. Lord of the Rings had writers. Oh man, I haven't watched uh, the show zing. yet, but that's good. I haven't either. And there's a li- <laughs> there's there's a list of. <laughs> I'm just going off internet discourse. And uh, by the way, movies that are not affected: Good Burger two, thank God, oh. and uh, Superman Legacy because they have one draft that they're going to work on. Now, see, that's an interesting one. Yeah, can we can we talk about that we one can. for a minute? Yes, we can. So James Gunn is the writer, director, executive producer, head of DC CEO of the studio, CEO of DC Studios, Mm -hmm. and he's directing their first movie, which they need to be perfect to really re help the imaging of the brand. Yep. As the director and the head of the studio, he cannot write anything though. Nope. Can he write anything under the radar and just have a bad look? Or is it like he, the, he, expunged uh, he from should the union? not do that. Okay. The, they're already mad because a lot of other unions are just not working out of solidarity with WGA. Mm-hmm. Like directors and producers being like, I'm not going to work because I'm not going to go to work until you help the writers. And he's not doing that. Like mm-hmm. there, there's a lot of people not doing that. Yeah. But now here's the big thing. Guess what expires next month? Hmm. The DGA contract. Guess what expires a little bit after that? Hmm. The SAG one. SAG is actors? Yeah. DGA is directors? Directors. So directors, actors, and writers can all be on strike. There is a chance that the directors go... Listen, I'm not sure. You'd have to fact check me on if if the directors guild has ever gone on strike. I don't think so. Mm -hmm. If the directors guild goes on strike, nothing's happening. Like... Oh, everything has to stop. Nothing. Yeah. And... Also, if you work, like, if you're not in a union like myself and you work during this or a studio offers something to you, the guilds are member and they will not give you membership. Jeez. Yeah. Like, it's a very no-no thing to do. Yeah. And the good news is, for anyone who wants to get out to LA, I'm talking to myself here, um, when everything is back up, there's going to be more work available than ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's going to be a boom of work oh, yeah. out there. So, Yeah. But now, but James Gunn, mm-hmm. famous on set, big old microphone rewriting on the fly. Yeah. Is that allowed as long as it doesn't hit a paper? Well, I mean, he he can say, like, say this, and I think that counts. 
but that's what I'm saying. But yeah, is there like a certain threshold where you could be like, you say this, you say this, you say this, you say this, but it never touches. I think, I think that that's okay. Like a loophole. Yeah. Almost. But mm-hmm. also then look. I, I've seen with some of the Marvel stuff that's shooting right now. Cause a ton of Marvel stuff shooting like Captain America shooting. Yeah. Um, Agatha is shooting Daredevil shooting. And they're all going still. Yeah. They're all like, we're good with the script. And, and I've heard, things. I've heard that, Marvel strategy right now is they're going to only shoot on the page and then in their reshoots is when they're going to do all of their improvs. Yeah. Hmm. I'd be curious about that. Me too. But hey, that's the strike, baby. That's the strike. That'd be insane if the actors and the director, like everyone just Mm -hmm. halted. It'd be a little wild. Yeah, that would actually be crazy. Yellowstone's ending too. Was that affected by it, or was that just more the more Kevin drama Costner just Kevin wanted to Costner. fuck off? Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much what happened there. I guess they can't start it anyway, though. Regardless, yeah. yeah. Wild times out there. It is pretty wild out there. It is wild, and yeah, that's that's the writer strike, ladies and gentlemen. Um, oh, sorry, real quick. What I was saying before, like the scheduling and everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, you have like Mahershala Ali, big name. You have. Rumors of some casting for Fantastic Four. Yeah. Big names. Yeah. Like, big, do you big. think that all goes away because delays? And it's like, I can't do this anymore, and we haven't started filming, so... it, it Like I said, it all depends on what other opportunities are out there. Mm-hmm. Because they can't really start new things. Okay. Because no writers are working. True. So, so it doesn't really matter. Everything could just be pushed and line up again. Yeah. Like, everyone's just kind of stagnant mm-hmm. in a way. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the writer's strike, at least the updates for now. If you have any questions, leave comments. We'll try to stay consistent on this as it develops. We'll probably be in this for quite some time. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that'll be interesting and fun. And with our main topic down, we're now going to move on to the B-roll section of our show. And if you need a little reminder, that's just where we read off some headlines of other stuff going on in the world of movies and entertainment, but we didn't have time to really dive into them as topics. Nick, what's up first on the B-roll? Our first one's kind of exciting. Uh, a Mortal Kombat sequel is still happening. <laughs> um, and for those who have seen the first one, spoilers, the end credits scene sort of teases the appearance of famous Mortal Kombat fighter, fan favorite Johnny Cage. And it appears that while no official, official, official confirmation has happened, it seems they may have found their Johnny Cage in the boys, Carl Urban. My thoughts? Yes. Yes, indeed. What's next? Uh, (laughs) Guy Ritchie is showing no signs of slowing down as he has already cast his next movie following the two movies that he's already come out with this year and the movie he has coming out next year. Uh, His new one will star Jake Gyllenhaal, who he just worked in in The Covenant, and Henry Cavill and Isa Gonzalez, who he's working with on um, the Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare, I believe it's called. Mm -hmm. Uh, The film follows two extraction specialists who must plan an escape path for a high-level female negotiator. I wonder who everyone will be playing. (laughs) Guy Ritchie's on the run of his life and none of you are going. What the fuck? Anyway, (laughs) continue. I love Guy Ritchie and I haven't seen any of them. And I feel I really want to watch Operation Fortune. They're, They're both good. They're both good? Yeah. Um, and finally, a recent Netflix contract has sought to grant the company free use of a simulation of an actor's voice, quote, by all technologies and processes now known or hereafter developed throughout the universe and in perpetuity. My opinion, bad. What the fuck? (laughs) Throughout the universe and in perpetuity. That's a good band name. (laughs) 
<laughs> They're just really covering all grounds there, aren't they? They really want to, yeah. <laughs> not 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 to get political, but that sounds like that that phrasing, that wording reminds me of the whole like Disney thing going on where they're like, yeah. yeah, so this contract is relevant until 20 years after the last living descendant of King Charles. Yeah. And you're like, so forever? <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's pretty great. <laughs> Uh, that's all we've got for the B-roll, folks. <laughs> oh, Jonathan Groff's going to be in Doctor Who. Yes. We don't really talk Doctor Who much on this, but I need to throw that out there. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you to whoever made that happen. Doctor Who's coming back bigger and better I'm than so ever, and I'm so pumped. excited, dude. I'm so I'm excited. so happy about it. But yes, yes. Thank you, Nicholas, for the B-roll. Of course. And with that down, we are going to conclude the show by moving on to the box office. The box office. All right, Dalton, last week you had... <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons. Jesus Christ, there's no way I'm going to find that weekend. John Wick 4, Shazam 2, Scream and Creed. I think your predictions are a little outdated. Hold on. Let me see if I can find that week. <laughs> there's no way. No, I can't. This was a joke for us being gone for so long. Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm going to start off by doing the... Uh, these are the Sunday estimates. We'll put the final Monday numbers in the description, which you can see below. Um, this is the top five box office of the weekend. Um, do you want to take maybe a gander as to maybe what number one was? I'm going to go Guardians 3. Yeah, solid choice, because that is correct. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 opened to what is looking like $114 million, mm-hmm. um, followed up by the Super Mario Brothers movie, which has been on a killing, making $18.6 million in its fifth week. Uh, coming in third, Evil Dead Rise, making another $5.7 million. Coming in fourth, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, making $3.3 million. And coming in fifth, Love Again, making $2.4 million. Love Again? again? Yes. Okay. Again, these these are the estimates. John mm-hmm. McFour might sneak up past Love Again at number five, but there's only about uh, a couple million difference there. But we'll see. All the other ones are pretty pretty solid in there um let's break down these numbers a little bit by diving into guardians of the galaxy let's take a look at the other films what they've opened at Mm -hmm. but also kind of break down break down where guardians 3 is at right now so right now guardians 3 um the domestic opening of 114 so far worldwide with just the openings here has already made 282 million dollars um this was made on a production budget of 250 million dollars holy but jesus and um, so far has already made budget back. But like we've said, you have to make a roughly two and a half times to get profitability. I think this is going to hit that no problem. And I definitely see it outperforming Ant-Man of the Wasp, which I don't even think hit $500 million at the box office. Uh, diving into the other ones. Guardians of the Galaxy 1 had an opening weekend of, let's see here. Ninety-four million dollars. Okay, which is actually pretty crazy for, like, the first one being a Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Mm-hmm. And let me see. Just because no one was really familiar with the characters, mm-hmm. kind of a bigger swing for Marvel. To yeah, and we were we were in the heyday of the MCU right there. Yeah. And um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two had an opening weekend of. Hold for show. One hundred and forty-six. Mm. That opened pretty high. That was also 
in the midst of the the MCU doing its thing. So two's opened higher than three as of right now, based off Sunday estimates. Yes, and I don't think it's going to hit two that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but now let's kind of look at with those openings what led to box what it led to box office wise. Mm-hmm. So the first Guardians of the Galaxy on the ninety four million dollar opening weekend made a worldwide box office of seven hundred and seventy million dollars. And do they have oh they have home video market performance on here now? That's fucking cool. Sorry, I just, I just saw that. <laughs> I like that. Uh, but yeah, that ended up making seven hundred and seventy million dollars. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two ended up making eight hundred and sixty nine million dollars. So it's rough to guess that Guardians of the Galaxy Three will probably end up somewhere in the middle, maybe around eight hundred. But that's also assuming it doesn't have that great of legs because there's no real competition coming out next weekend. I think it's just the new Charlie Day film, mm-hmm. and that. Guardians is going to open number one again next week. And this has an A cinema score. Like yeah. the other two movies, they all three got A cinema scores. So I feel like legs could be a huge possibility. Although, it should be pointed out, the higher a movie opens, the less likely it is to have a less significant drop. The f- second Guardians of the Galaxy movie had a 55% drop weekend one to week two. Mm-hmm. The first Guardians of the Galaxy had a 55 drop weekend one to weekend two. So we could probably assume another 55 drop. If it drops lower, then we can talk about it may be even getting closer to Volume 2's grosses, but we'll have to see. Yeah, but the following weekend, not this coming week with the Charlie Day movie, but the next week you have Fast X. Yeah. Which is, I'm going to it's gonna go number going one. to do bananas. Yeah, it's going to be bananas. But I think Guardians 2 will stay number two right under it. Now, do you think that Guardians 3 will be affected? Guardians affect- 3, rather. Guardians 3 will be affected kind of by this slump that we've seen in the MCU's box office. I do think, I think so, but I think it's also going to be the first one that kind of bumps it up a bit because Ant-Man yeah. was around 500. Yeah, its total gross was just below 500. Just below 500, okay. Um, I know Shazam didn't, I'm just look doing superhero yeah. movies in general. Yeah. It didn't do It did really bad. <laughs> yeah, uh, Black Adam did. Yeah, um, 400 something. 400 something. How was, what was before Ant-Man, Doctor Strange? Mm-hmm. How'd that one, that one got close to a billion, Close right? to a billion. Okay. So yeah, it might be. Well, we'll see. I guess it depends on how many how confident people are. Black Panther MCU. did good too. Black Panther did do good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it got to seven hundred. Seven hundred. So yeah. do you think this will pass that then? Maybe, perhaps. Um, okay. right now it's on par to pass Guardians one, mm-hmm. and that made seven seventy. I think people have always liked the Guardians. Of the oh yeah. Guy. Like I have friends who aren't into Marvel, mm-hmm. and they were like. Oh, I watched Guardians. I liked that one. I just yeah. see that, you know. Absolutely. Because yeah. they've always been very isolated from yeah. everything else. And, and also, um, something that's affecting the Disney movies box offices now that mm-hmm. didn't exist at the other times was just this thing called Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Now, especially with the new way of putting it on streaming before home video, which doesn't make any fucking sense. But um, now there are people who are just like, oh, I'll just wait. And watch it on Disney+. Plus. Now, granted, it's not a metric fuckton of people. Yeah. But it's enough to... It, it's the difference between maybe 825 and 835. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, it's maybe a $10 million difference. So, we'll have to see how that affects things as well. Mm-hmm. Um, next up in that lineup was Super Mario Brothers. Um, that movie is doing hella good at oh, the yeah. box office. It has officially passed... $1 billion, which is something that we thought might happen. It's at $1.155. Uh, pretty good. Uh, it had a budget of $100 million. It's made 11.6 times its budget back, 
we're going to see more Mario movies. I think it's safe to assume. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, this has outranked any other video game movie. Clearly the highest grossing video game movie. It's probably going to, it might stay that way for a hot minute, depending on the other video game movies that we get. But yeah, Mario is doing great. Evil Dead Rise. I want to dive into this a little bit and kind of look at the other Evil Dead films. So Evil Dead Rise uh, has officially passed $100 million worldwide. Good for that movie, considering it was supposed to be an HBO Max release, which still blows my mind, by the way. And I believe it was made on a budget of about 15 to 20. That's what I've been told. Okay. So it's it's making shmoney. It's made its money back, no problem. Um, let's kind of dive into the 2013 Evil Dead, which is kind of the most recent example that we have, the one from 10, year, 10 years ago. That hit, yeah. <laughs> that hit me for a Ooh. second. Um, Evil Dead 2013 made a total worldwide of 99. <laughs> it was right there. It was right. on the cusp so of greatness. Close. But um, that movie also had not a high budget. had a budget of 17. Made mm-hmm. 5.8 times its budget back. So also a great success. Great success. And um, I also, <laughs> you have to. Tourette's earlier. It was Borat. <laughs> I know. I know it was Borat. I said it was Tourette's. Oh. Moet. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> uh, I, then I wanted to take the opportunity to look at the grosses of the other Evil Dead movies uh-huh. to kind of have some fun with it. The Evil Dead. The OG, 1981 to 3, depending on who you are. Had a production budget of $375,000. <laughs> Do you want to gander what its worldwide box office total is? Now, does that go into, like, re-releases, like, in yes. the theaters now? I'm going to be, I'm going to go 15 million. 15? Close. 29.4, almost 30. Mm-hmm. Not it- close. <laughs> literally half listen <laughs> it made 78.4 times its budget back <laughs> good as it should uh now let's dive into evil dead 2 mm-hmm. which came out in 1987 and is one of my top 10 favorite movies of all time i keep trying to it's hard to tell like older family members to watch a movie called evil dead 2 yeah and they just won't do it it's the best it's the goat um evil dead 2 this may come as a shock to you. It was made on a budget of $3.5 million. Do you want to guess how much it grossed? Can I have a hint? Is it higher or lower? Lower. Lower? $15 million. <laughs> no, it actually did quite bad. Uh, 5.9. Really? Yes, it made 1.7 times its budget back, but it did a killing on home video. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's where the Evil Dead made a lot of its money before getting re released and Yeah. Yeah. They both did killings on on home videos. And because I have to, let's look at Army of Darkness. AKA the Medieval Dead. What it should have been called, yes. My computer's running a bit slow, forgive me. I thought about just saying that to Sam Raimi when I met him at Megacon. Just being like, they should have let you keep it called Medieval Dead and just walk away. <laughs> that would have been great. Army of Darkness. Yeah. Was made on a budget of $11 million. Mm. How much did it make, Nicholas? $11 million budget? Mm-hmm. 
I'm going to go with it being the highest grossing. I'm going to go $40 million. $40 million? Yeah. It made $21. <laughs> I'm really bad at this. Exactly two times this budget back. <laughs> Profitable? No, but guess what happened? <laughs> Killing on VHS. <laughs> of course it was. Yeah. So, yeah, th- that's kind of the history of the Evil Dead franchise. And Evil Dead Rise and Evil Dead 2013 both being insanely profitable. Mm -hmm. You can tell those movies over time have gained that audience. And listen, it's the only horror franchise where every entry, including the television series, which is phenomenal. It's the only horror franchise where everything is fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. It's a great franchise. Watch it if you haven't seen it. And uh, yeah, um, that is all of the box office that I planned on diving into. Is there anything you wanted me to look into? Uh, no. I mean, do you want to you wanna do some predictions? Fuck yes, I do. All right. So just next week, we just have Fool's Paradise, the Charlie Day movie? Yes. Let me see if there's anything else coming out, at least in, in, in our market. Okay. Hold for show. Because if it's not in our market, it's not going to be in the top five, probably. Oh, Book Club, the next chapter. That's going to make 80 for Brady money, probably. Oh, boy. <laughs> Hypnotic comes out. <laughs> no. Yes. I'm seeing Fool's Paradise. Come on. I'm seeing Fool's Paradise. Friday after we're work. Get, we're getting a modern-day Charlie Chaplin movie. I'm I want gonna, to watch Of course it. I'm getting tickets for Fool's Paradise. <laughs> but Friday after work, will you go watch Hypnotic with me? I have to see a trailer. <laughs> That's a tough sell. You haven't seen the trailer? No. It's Robert Rodriguez. We're and watching I don't, it after I don't this. Like Robert Rodriguez. We're watching it. Spy Kids. How dare you? First of all, how dare you? You know, I take it back. Uh, yeah, but it's just hypnotic. Um, the Charlie Day film <laughs> and, and Book Club Two. Okay, which I think Book Club Two might outdo them. I'm serious. I'm so serious. All right. So where where are you, where are you going? What are you? All right. All right. Here's what I got. Coming in at number one. Maybe come as a shock to you, but Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Coming in number two, I'm going to go Mario again. Three, Book Club, Chapter 2. Four, Fool's Paradise, which is a Charlie Day movie. Five, Evil Dead Rise. Okay. I am going to go Guardians 3. Whoa. Whoa. I'm going to go Super Mario. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go... I'm going to go Book Club. I'm going to go Evil Dead. I'm going to go Fool's Paradise. All right. Because I feel like not a lot of people know about Fool's Paradise. Yep. And that makes me sad. Me too. No hypnotic, though. Ah, uh, no. Fair. I don't think it's going to do well. Uh, But yeah, those are our predictions. Mm -hmm. uh, And I believe that's all we had for the show today, my guy. Yes, it is. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for watching. I've been Dalton Burdett. I've been Nick Iricchio. And thank you for watching the Movie Nights Roundtable. (laughs) 